0: I don't believe in free speech. Free speech. I don't believe in free speech. free speech. I
1: can't stand what they teach. Free speech. I don't believe in free speech. Free I can't stand what they teach. I can't stand what they preach. I don't believe in free speech.
0: free speech. Happy Valentine's Day.
1: Hi hi. Hi hi. Happy Valentine's Day. We're doing a um late night Valentine's Day. Uh, pod we're taking a break from watching the um amazing uh Beatles documentary and get back which I've been meaning to get to for a long time so this is super awesome
0: I can jam to the Beatles I just don't know how long this thing needs to be you know
1: the documentary
0: <laughs> yeah the documentary
1: it's not long enough it, well, I think it's too so long. we're like 45 <laughs> minutes into part two and they finally gotten into the studio but like I could like it could be like 20 hours. Of them just in the studio and I would be like, this I would be very happy. It wasn't you know?
0: part one two hours or something? And it was two just, hours and
1: fifteen minutes and it's just them rehearsing. Yeah. <sighs> oh my god. I can endlessly watch just about anything. Like the other day I was listening to this whole studio breakdown with the isolated tracks from Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. That's the first concert I ever saw in the first place. Actually, so it's kind of cool. It has that the first concert I ever saw was um was a Bon Jovi with Skid Row opening.
0: Wow. Do you remember what my first concert was? why.
1: Hold on real quick. <laughs> when we watched the Gilmore Girls and then Sebastian Bach showed up and I was like, holy shit, that's Sebastian Bach. And you were like, who the fuck is that? And I was like, <laughs> he was in Skid Row and then when he opened for Bon Jovi, the only thing I remember about the whole concert <laughs> was that uh, he comes out with his awesome, you know, long blonde flowing locks and he goes, are you ready to rock? And everybody goes, yeah. And then he goes, Uh, Because if you came to eat fucking popcorn, go home. (laughs) That's like the only thing I remember.
0: You were how old?
1: I must have been like, I don't know, like 12, I think.
0: You like like, looked down at your popcorn and you were like, man.
1: (laughs) No, I was there to rock Mm. and I was ready. I was like 12. This was like 1987.
0: Did you rock? Definitely. Yeah.
1: I rocked pretty hard. I was, I had just started playing guitar. I was like 12. That's when I started. It's like 34 years ago or something.
0: My first concert was Taylor Swift. Stadium tour for, was it Live Swift, Live, Live, Laugh, Love album? And how old were you? 10, maybe?
1: 10, that's young for a concert.
0: Well, my younger sister (laughs) was obsessed with Taylor Swift um, when she was like seven, I think. Um, and my dad got us tickets and we went. And then later I used that as, um, <laughs> blackmail so that he would get me tickets to go see Morrissey. And then Morrissey, con- uh, canceled the, the concert. Oh man. That's um, a but then I saw Johnny Marr later, way later after that. That's cool. I was front row. It was pretty cool.
1: So you saw Taylor Swift when you were 10. That was like your first concert. And what year was that?
0: Two thousand. Eight.
1: So, like, roughly about 20 years after my first concert.
0: Roughly, yeah. What
1: were well, you doing that whole time?
0: <laughs> Learning how to <laughs> talk and walk and go to school. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading awesome. Harry Potter books, <laughs> 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 playing outside, you know.
1: That's awesome. So, mm-hmm. Valentine's Day is Monday. So, we're doing a little, um, a little daily huzzah on, um,
0: could be called the lovers' huzzah.
1: toxic relationships, and or just celebrity relationships, sort of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's that sound? You hear that?
0: Sounds like it's raining outside.
1: It could be a little rain, or it could be like the snow slowly melting in Vermont.
0: Yeah, there's a giant puddle in front of our house. I had to literally like catapult myself over, and do like a really dramatic ballet leap That's to be- get across. <laughs> with the, I was That's like awesome. holding groceries.
1: It's because we're getting this bullshit warm spell, like. My mom, um, told me this morning from like in Virginia, it was like, it's like 60 today and for like the next three days. And the bullshit warm spell that we're having here is like, it was like 38 today. (laughs) Yeah. But you go outside and you, like I
0: went outside and I was wearing like a scarf and my coat and I was like, I really don't need all this. Like I'm just so acclimated to it now. I'm like, wow, this is like, it's balmy out here.
1: It's weird how that works. Yeah. I'm, um. I know I need to go outside. I should have gone outside. I haven't been out in like, I don't know how long. I never go outside anymore. It's terrible. You're
0: like the Colin from Secret Garden.
1: <laughs> basically, yeah. now. I know. I'm like, like somebody opens That's the window and room, I'm like, man. the fresh air, the fresh air. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But basically, yeah, I've turned into just like like a Victorian sick child or something. Did
0: I tell you about how when I was at that weird outdoor school, they wouldn't let us put um, like each teacher had a laptop I think it was issued by the school and my teacher wouldn't let me like if you were like working on it individually you weren't allowed to put it in your lap because she was she thought that that like gave you
1: cancer like radiate your groin or something
0: yeah so like anytime even if you were like you know sitting down and it's like it only is it makes sense to have it in your lap you had to like have it next to you
1: this was like your hippie um your hippie like explorer nature school that you had to go to for a while instead of real yeah, school for
0: fourth grade and fifth grade. It all worked out. But we did some weird stuff like um, outdoor excursion things where we had to go build our own teepee. They dropped us off in the wilderness of North Carolina and we had to build our own teepee and sleep in it. And then we had to do centering activities where we built like a rock circle and we were supposed to find a rock that we identified with. And we s- grounded ourselves with a singing bowl and we had to walk through this like um, – it was on a farm. It was like this like basically – um a compound in the middle of North Carolina.
1: Was that the was that the time when you when you accidentally peed on yourself? <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> I had so much bathroom anxiety growing up, and I like just couldn't pee in front of anybody. And so I waited all day because they didn't have bathrooms there; it was just outhouses, and they were just in the wilderness. And so we I waited all day to pee because I I couldn't pee if anybody knew I was going to pee. So I like got out of my sleeping bag at like midnight. And walked down the trail, but then I couldn't figure out where the outhouse was. So I tried being in the woods, and I ended up just peeing all over myself. And then I had to walk back and get in my sleeping bag with.
1: That's <laughs> awful.
0: It's so terrible.
1: Oh, see, this is this is a great start to our Valentine's Day special because that's how <laughs> I found you. I could tell. That you were like the kind of person who would have had like extreme like bathroom anxieties growing up. Just weird, like it's the it's like because it's like the anxiety of being a human being is like the the larger metaphorical anxiety there. I think when kids have those sort of anxieties, my grandfather, uh, um, God rest his soul, he used to always say, um, "Children have real problems. Take them seriously. Listen to them. They have real problems." I'm convinced. Um, so it's, you know, I always think of that with, in moments like that with children, you know, like children, those weird anxieties and fears that they have, they're so existential, you know, they're just not, they're so raw, you know, that they're, they have, they're like, we we never really change, I think, you know, you, you, we're all still just those kids, we've just learned to like, play it off better, you know. And, but it's the same, the same, the same fears are still there underwriting everything. And it's like, so a kid like that, like you have all these, it's like just all these bodily anxiety <laughs> dreams and the, these like anxiety dreams. Oh, Jesus. Like the dream. I still teeth have dreams. Teeth falling we out. We will talk about this all the time. God. We have dreams all the time of, yeah, like your teeth falling out or whatever, or I don't even want to tell you about the Oh, I, yeah. The dream I had last night. No, I, I we're not bringing that, that up. <laughs> <laughs> It's the kind of dream... It's not
0: Valentine's day <laughs>
1: It's No, it's not. It's a sort of dream like... Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was like, you know... It was it an was,
0: infidelity dream.
1: It wasn't an infidelity <laughs> dream. It was a dream about... It was a bodily... It was a body anxiety dream you about the opposite sex. You were cheating on me sex. in your dream. But she was decaying <laughs> and... And you know, corrosive and decaying and and consuming. You know, it was like a dream about like when people talk about like Shakespeare. It's like, oh, the tyrannical, misogynistic imagery in Shakespeare. You know, of like they're always he's always doing these these metaphors, like the unhallowed, the unhallowed, uh, blood stained hole, uh, crowned with rude briars and shit like that. And everybody's like, you know. But anywho, it's Valentine's Day.
0: Well, that sort of relates to Valentine's Day. I mean, it seems like when when what Shakespeare gets criticized for if anything he's writing more about like the actual physical act of making love or like being with another person and that person being the what is inspiring to you versus like now everybody is just like oh I just want to you know I just want to get laid like I'm just going to download this little thing on my phone so I can like have sex with somebody and it doesn't have anything to do with the same like I mean none of those people would write a sonnet
1: about you. And speaking of, yeah, like writing sonnets, I was just going to say like the language that we use is so, so, so telling. Like at one point, okay, like, okay, so I'm older, we established earlier, if you didn't know already, like I'm older than you by quite a bit. Oh, he's ancient. Older than you can possibly imagine. Back in my day, nobody would say like fucking somebody unless they were talking about like, like that word was used to describe uh to describe like a one like sex in a in a kind of a bad way you know sort of like obviously that means like it's like sex without love you know or in and in and, and particularly it would be used by men um in that way that that the old what feminists used to be would 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 fight against you know like the idea of a man like fucking a woman it's like this you know you don't in other words like you don't it's that old school way of thinking about it right like you don't fuck your wife you don't fuck a woman that you care about, you know, you would fuck some cum dumpster, you know, they would, (laughs) you would, right. Like you would fuck some, some woman you didn't care about or whatever. And I, and by the way, I, I don't need to tell you this, you know, but for anybody else, it's like, that's, that's never been my scene anyway. That's always really disturbed me, like on an existential level when people talk like that, but now like, it's like women have reclaimed that word. You know, in the same way that certain other groups have reclaimed other words, and I'm not even going to begin to mention right now, but and and particularly not just reclaiming—it's not just the word, of course—but it's a whole embracing of just a of just it's just embracing just shitty. It's like it's people have said this many times before, like you know, what feminism as it is now has done is not is is not a fight to make men better, and thus to make us more equal. It's just to make women as bad as men ever used to be, and that's what women are now. You cause so they can
0: feel more like victims, like.
1: We go out to a bar and you just see like women are just sitting around just celebrating, just being fucking pigs. It's like, like we went out to the pub that night and it's like, like just woman after woman just sitting there, just talking about the, like what a great shit they had earlier. And then like this guy they were, they used to fuck. And they're like, I remember sitting with this couple and they were doing that, the girl especially, but they were both doing it. It's like they had made some sort of pact to be super honest. And not repressive, so they're sitting around talking about all the people they used to fuck, and th- and they're talking about it with that language, and they're just like so proud of the fact that they're not they don't have the same hangups that assholes like me have. But then you can I just sat there and and watched them, and you can just see they look like there's like a wolf behind their smile, just about to tear their fucking throat out. You know, there's like this 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 crazed mania behind their eyes because you can see they're just like they they hate it because what they want is the same shit that everybody's always wanted. You know, nobody wants to sit there and listen to somebody they love talk about the people they used to fuck, right? That's not Valentine's Day. No. <laughs> but that's what people have turned into now. Like the the idea now of using the word making love that used to be like that used to be like a thing that men were embarrassed about and all women wanted to say and now it's like only only an asshole would say that. Like like somebody it's like like only an idiot would believe in these sorts of things. Just and, and dating is about out and whatever. It's just it's a hookup yeah, culture. Just like
0: marriage is out. basically. It's just the hookup culture. And if you're into marriage now, people just think it's like you're just putting on a show. We you know, you're just pre- like the whole yeah. rise of like the trad quote unquote thing of like, oh, I'm trying. I'm, I'm putting on the show of being a trad woman. I'm going to pretend, especially with the pandemic, when people started like, I mean, they were home all the time. So there was the rise of like the stupid dumbass cottage core aesthetic and like the homemaker thing and it's all just about again like we talked about the smoking thing it's just about being able to advertise it online so you get into the idea of like oh every night i'm gonna make my husband fresh baked bread and i'm gonna like do his laundry and everything and you just you post about that so it makes it seem like you're you're into it but really i mean your your morals and your ideals are not surrounding that
1: this reminds me of just um something that really started to irritate the hell out of me several years ago were noticing this this tendency of girls to sort of play house the same girls who are are told products complete products of the of the hookup culture they don't believe in dating all they've done is just fuck their way through high school and college and whatever, with the idea that like maybe they'll settle down later, you know, um, or whatever, or maybe not, because they're not chumps, you know. They're strong women. They're independent women, but they still like to play house. So they love to make social posts, like referring to their 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 boyfriend as their husband, right? Or referring to their girlfriend as their wife, if they're you know whatever they are, whatever it is. Like it's like playing house and making these posts, like like a girl. Posting a picture of herself, basically wearing no clothes, so everybody can can look at her online. With a post about how, like, just just waiting for my husband to come home from war so I can make the dinner. And it's and he's a picture like, of you down like laying around the Seven Eleven buying
0: cigarettes. <laughs> he's at the Seven Eleven
1: buying cigarettes, and you're at home taking fucking naked pictures of yourself and putting them on the internet. Okay, so um,
0: so jumping off the, of that, yeah,
1: what's in the news? What's in the news uh, this week?
0: Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Is in an open relationship with Julia Fox.
1: Who's Julia Fox? <laughs> <laughs> she and we're is, off.
0: she's a an actress slash just famous, you know, layabout person who got liposuction and you know does stuff on the internet. Um,
1: great. Yeah. So Another they
0: they have been. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this. You might have been, but. Um, Kanye West was married to, would you like to take a guess who he was married to?
1: Um, Jennifer Lopez.
0: (laughs) No, you can get, you can get this. I think
1: Kanye West. No, I, I, I feel like this is a couple years. When you tell me, I'm going to be like, Oh, right.
0: No, you can get this, honey. I know you can. Yeah. I believe in you. Kanye West was married to.
1: Oh, uh, Kim Kardashian.
0: Yes, there you yes. go. <laughs> so Kanye West was married to Kim Kardashian for a while. They have two two or three kids together. And it was a whole big thing because she had to go through like fertility treatments, I think. And she had a surrogate co- carry one of her children, I think. Um, but I, th- I believe I'm, you know, not super up to date with this stuff. I just see it and read it and go like, that's just crazy. I'm going to bookmark this for the pod, but um, they have an eight-year-old daughter named Northwest. And Northwest? Northwest. And they have another daughter named Chicago West, I think. Um, and so recently, they got divorced um, fairly recently. I think last year it was like during the one of the lockdowns, maybe. Um, but now Kanye West is dating this girl who's a bit younger than him, I think, um, Julia Fox, who's an actress. She's been in a couple things. Literally none of them are coming to my mind right now. But um, their relationship has been a bit rocky. It started around New Year's. And he recently you'll also get this because we watch Gilmore Girls. But (laughs) at her birthday party recently, her like 30th 30th birthday party, maybe um, he bought everyone at the birthday party a Birkin bag. And do you remember where the Birkin bag shows up in Gilmore Girls?
1: Oh, has a deep cut there. <laughs> um, no, I don't.
0: Logan gets Rory a Birkin bag for oh, her birthday. Yeah, 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 right. And Emily is like, do you know what this is? And Rory's like, no, I have no idea. And it's literally like a $32,000 handbag, basically. You have to be on a wait list. You can't even buy one. You have to get invited to buy one.
1: I just wanna take a little quick little aside to say like if you own a Birkin bag, like like you should like, shame on you.
0: <laughs> Frazier
1: <laughs> Shame on you. I mean, dude, you could take that bag and sell it like just just don't like donate it to a charity thirty two thousand dollars could and that's just feed int- I mean they are rare people, ones you know? that are
0: over three hundred thousand yeah. dollars. I mean they just go they go outrageously I think
1: What's really expensive. annoying about that especially is that there's absolutely no justification. There's no like there are certain things where like, you know, you could buy like like you know, you could buy a ten thousand dollar acoustic guitar or something that is like just made with, like, this incredible wood. You know, it's just, like, the most, like, rare, beautiful, like, the most beautiful uh, piece of wood, and it's been aged and all this amazing, and this inlay that's just, you know. So there, there are certain things that you're paying for because it's, like, ridiculous levels of quality and craftsmanship. But a fucking bag, I'm not saying, you know, there can be ridiculous levels of craftsmanship, but obviously what you're paying for in a situation like this is just being able to say that you own a Birkin bag. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just paying for the name of the thing. There's not, it's not like, you know, you know, a Mercedes versus a Prius. It's not just that you own a Mercedes and you'd be like, oh, I have a Mercedes. It's like a lot fucking nicer to drive than a Prius.
0: Yeah. But a Birkin bag bag is is just a purse. A bag. I mean, I love a good designer handbag. Don't get me wrong. I would never buy, I would never, first of all, I can't buy a Birkin, but I would never want to own a Birkin I would rather own something that's more understated and more functional. I mean, a Birkin bag, I've seen pictures of them and it's like it looks like you have to like do the Da Vinci code in order to like open them because there's like a lock and there's all these weird things and they just don't. They're not cute. So anyway, Kanye West for his girlfriend's birthday party last week or two weeks ago bought everyone their Birkin bag. So you have to imagine how much money that is. There's probably like. I think there are like ten or fifteen girls there who are friends with the friend with his oh, girlfriend, wow, yeah. and he bought all of them a Birkin bag. And then, following that, there were a couple of news articles about how have they broken up? Like, what will she do with the Birkin bag? Like, does everybody have to return them now that they've broken up? That's so and then it comes out that they are in an open relationship, and they're just <laughs> oh yeah. Th- I remember this is exactly why I wanted to read this to you because. Um, their claim of why they're in an open relationship, you'll love this. Julia Fox claims that they are evolved beings. Mm. <laughs> and their bond transcends typical norms because they were, they're evolved beings and they just want each other to be happy. There's no jealousy or bad vibes.
1: What I just despise about the Pali people and the first time when people i've started hearing somebody talk about poly stuff it's just instantly of course it, it had the ring of just total inauthenticity to it like like cut the shit you just want to fuck a bunch of people and you want to like you know you just want to be you just want to do what you want to do it's called narcissism it's you're not a fucking evolved being okay if you want to have an open relationship fine i'm i'm not saying that uh don't give me the shit about being more evolved than I am just because you have more political capital and you have more moral authority because you fucked more people than me or you fucked more at the same time or whatever. Like, that's the thing that, that kills me with these people. Like, okay, that's one thing. I do think, you know, on the most general level, it's like, like you know, Pete, my stepdad, God rest his soul. He used to always say, um, you know, as he got older, he said, like, that he felt that as he got older and watched some of his friends, you know, some of his friends settled down and had kids and some of them didn't. Some of them just kept doing what they were doing, just being musicians and being out there and being on the road and drinking and sleeping with different people as they came along and having short relationships for a while until they get stale and then moving on and whatever. You know, that's cool. But, you know, Pete used to say that... uh As he got older, he felt like the people who really grew up versus the people who didn't really ever grow up, the the real difference was whether or not they had kids. You know, and Pete never had kids biologically. Like, my sister and I were his stepchildren. But But still, he came into it when we were kids, and he he had a, a large hand in raising us, you know. He had kids. I'm not saying it has to be biological. What I'm saying is the real point of that is... Having kids is the experience where finally something else has to matter more than you for the first time in your life. That's the only thing, really. Like, really committing to another person and marrying them, that's a big thing, too. You know, somebody else has to be more important than you, but still, you could be married forever and never really let that happen. You know? I mean, you you, you always know you can get divorced at any time if you get tired of it, first of all, but you can just, we've known plenty of married people who they are just two selfish people standing next to each other and they don't really transcend. But with kids, you know, um, something really has to, you know, it's, it's more important than you. In and some
0: you, cases, I mean, I guess if we're, if we're relating this to the, the whirlwind romance that and nightmare life that is Kanye West, I mean, him and Kim Kardashian had two kids. And, um, part of the reason why they're in the news is that they're using the, it seems like both of them are using their children as pawns against the other, you know, well, like there's
1: lots of shitty parents out there. That's for yeah. sure. So I
0: don't know if kids would be the end-all be-all for growing up. I think the
1: idea is that that at least is the thing that comes along that is like, that's the point where you finally like have to make, at least on some level, you have to make something more important than you. And if you, like something is really on the line where you are, at least let's, let's put it this way, you are called to do that. And if you don't do it, there's consequences. Whereas just being in a relationship, being married even, it's not like that. Just being a serial monogamist is not like that. And certainly just being like a somebody who just sort of like, you know, rambles on and, you know, goes where the wind takes them and whatever. Like you can just live your whole life. I've heard so many people are 35, 40 years old and they just, you know, they're still just going like, you know, I just want to, you know, I just want to do what I want to do. It. I don't want to be hassled. I mean, like, let's, let's, you know, we don't have to put labels on things, man. Let's just, you know, whatever. Like, you just, you just, like, at a certain point, that's cool. Like, you just want to do, you just want to be you. And that you're your, you know, I love that, like, among the poly people where they're like, I'm my primary. Like, you are your own primary. Like... Like if, you're, like if you're poly and it's like, this is my, like my, like if we were poly, like you'd be my primary. And then there'd be right. the other people who are my secondaries. Immediate questions come to mind on just a practical level. The first thing I was asking people who were talking about this was, okay, what happens when the other person really, really needs you? What if, what if, what if, if you're in a relationship with three people and one of them's in a car accident and they go, well, then I'd be I'd hang out with them in this situation. I said, well, what if two of them are in a car accident at the same time? What if one of your partners is having a baby and the other one gets in a car accident and the other one's just really afraid of something? What has, if it's your a baby that they're and having they
0: and the other yeah. one has to get their arm amputated? Which one do you go visit? There are two separate hospitals on other sides of the city. And
1: you just you can't possibly give the real point I guess is that the, the thing a poly relationship versus a uh, monogamous relationship is that you cannot possibly give everything to
0: Absolutely one person
1: not. and that so that's that's the argument is that like well that maybe that's an unhealthy thing like to give everything to one person. I would say it does make sense like the idea that you have to get everything from one person that's the whole underpinning of a normal monogamous relationship which is problematic in a way, you know. <laughs> she squints her eyes. (laughs) But what I'm saying is like the idea that you're going to, you're going to find somebody who's going to be, who is going to be the one person who's going to give you everything you need in terms of like intellectual inspiration, romantic inspiration, uh, emotional inspiration and companionship and all the, and every, they're going to take all the boxes by themselves. I it's get, like us.
0: It only happened to us because we're the romance. We're just lucky. But everybody
1: else is, I see why it's a problem for these people. But what I'm saying is, you know, the main thing is like, cut the bullshit. I just, that's my thing is the inauthenticity. I just have, if I have any talents in this world, it's just a gift. I have a good nose for bullshit, You know, just to put well, you, it on a At on the a, end of the a day, level. you
0: can't win again because— like you're
1: not fucking evolved is all no, I'm saying. Definitely. You're just doing whatever you want to do, and you certainly don't—you're not better than me because you just do whatever the fuck you want to do.
0: But then there's people out there—I meant to tell you about this the other day, but I saw this, um, this uh, TikTok showed up on my TikTok page. I don't know why—I don't get the algorithm. I literally just use that to watch— cute baby videos and like sometimes things will just show up I don't I don't get what they're like weird sciences but there was this video and I was like god this is really pissing me off so I ended up watching all the videos on this girl's page and I'm sure now like all my suggested videos are gonna be from this annoying girl but she was like she's probably like 30 or 40 maybe but she had like she her whole page is like dedicated to warning women against men who are serial monogamists because she's saying that they are the worst, most toxic version of the toxic masculinity trope because they are the ones that will find women and turn them into their ideal partners. And if you start dating someone who has been a serial monogamous in the past, you're going to end up just turning into the person that they want you to be and that you have no say as a woman and you just end up being taken under their wing and changed into a different person. And so she, this girl is, like, going through, like, extensive cognitive therapy to, like, re, reverse her trauma, as she likes to call it, from being in a relationship that, like, the way she talks about it on her page, it doesn't seem that bad. You know? She was with this guy that loved her, and they were together for a couple
1: years. Well, that's the danger we talk about all the time, is that if you, if you insist on seeing everything through one obsessive lens, of course you're going to see—I mean, I've, I've talked about that so many times—like, you're going to see yourself being colonized— when somebody comes along and they say, you know, I want, I mean, you can, you can see through any lens you want. You can take any scene and read it 10 different ways. It's the, you know, to be an asshole academic for a second, it's the Rashomon nature of truth. You know, they always fucking go for the, like the Kurosawa Rashomon when they want to talk about this. Um it's, it's, you can take any scene though, and you can see it from 10 different interpretive possibilities or have a million possibilities or whatever. But like, you read it in the ways that are take... most
0: beneficial to you because everybody's always. a narcissist at the end of the day. And
1: you, right. But you can always, th- and you read it through whatever lens is your lens that you see everything through. So, for example, what was that thing? I, 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 uh, I ran into something like on like a Facebook thing the other day with somebody like this thing is going around and it was like this little, um, Oh yeah, it was just some quote. Um, meet me in the middle, says the unjust man. You take a step toward him, he takes a step back. Meet me in the middle, says the unjust man. Now I see this, There's, yeah, that's cool, that's true. Meet me in the middle, says the unjust man. You take a step toward him, he takes a step back and says the same thing again, meet me in the middle. You keep stepping towards him and he keeps stepping back. Okay, I immediately think of the left, the wokesters, identity politics. That's all they fucking do all day long is say, like, you know, here's a here's a new role about pronouns. And everybody goes, okay, whatever you say. And then you take a step towards them and they take a step back and go, you're still being a fucking, like, rapist, misogynist, transphobic asshole. And then you go, I'm just trying to get along with you. I'm just trying to do whatever you say. And they just keep fucking doing that over and over and over and over again until everybody is just falling all over themselves, apologizing and and just, like, prostrating themselves at the feet of identity politics, victimhood, and they just keep asking for more and more. As I said many times before, that's what bullies do. When you give your lunch money to the bully, they don't they don't let you off the hook for a while. They just fucking ask for they 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 say, give me a dollar or I'm gonna punch you in the face and you give them a dollar and then next time they go, give me two dollars. Yeah. And that's that's what this person is saying with quote, I think of the left immediately. But the point is, I saw this quote on social media which people were posting to use
0: to talk, uh, about, to the talk right. about the
1: right. This is what the right does, man. The right's been doing this forever. The government does this and the, and the Republicans oh and the white nationalists. And it, right, exactly. That's what everybody does because people suck. But what we have to get away from is this thing. But that's just – I just want to bring that up as an example. That's what we do. Like I see this through my lens. Immediately I think like, yeah, woke assholes at your school. Yeah. And, and the woke assholes at your school see this and they think, that's right, man. That's what the Trumpers are doing out there. And it's true in a way. That's what everybody does because everybody is a selfish five-year-old going back to that whole thing.
0: Yeah, well, um, I just wanted to say about that girl that does the TikTok videos saying like, you know. Yeah, I got off subject. Op- um, serial monogamy is just like, a, you know, if you get into a relationship with somebody who has only had monogamous relationships for a long time, like. They're going to end up just it's going to be a male. She was very specific about like her experience. It was like a male and she was in this long term relationship. And like you, they, those men just find you and try to turn you into like the person that they want you to be. And probably that just ends up coming down to you have your own problem and you're insecure about yourself and you don't really know who the fuck you are. So if some guy starts showing some sort of interest in a certain type of person, you're going to try to turn into that person so you get the attention from them. And that relates back to the Julia Fox, Kanye West thing, because she recently just did an article or did an interview with um, the Call Her Daddy podcast, which um, that one's sort of controversial. I haven't listened to it before, but it's like they talk about it on Red Scare. Sometimes they talk about it. um, I think it's with Barstool Sports. And it's just like these two women talking about like sex advice, basically. But she went on to that podcast and she explained that when she first started dating Kanye West or before she even started dating him when she knew she was sort of like interested in him, she had to do like a Kanye West boot camp where she <laughs> learned how to dress and how to carry herself. And she said like, um, she was like, okay, we're going to do this. If I'm going to be seen with you, I need to step it up a little bit because I'm just lazy. So she basically like learned how to style herself, learned how to do her makeup and everything. And then at the end of the podcast, this this article says that um, she finished up by saying, She was happy to go along with it, saying that trying new things hasn't been all that bad. After all, she got a Birkin bag out of it. That just screams prostitution to me. Literally. (laughs) Oh, Kanye West wants to take me out and pick out my clothes for me. And even though I'm also, you know, sort of a powerful celebrity and a movie star. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to go along with this because I'm going to get a Birkin bag out of it. And like, you know, fame and notoriety. And I'm going to be in every news article around the fucking country because I'm dating Kanye West after I've just literally turned myself into the person that Kanye West wants me to be. I don't think that has anything to do with serial monogamy.
1: It's just as long as any, as long as people have been around, you know, we've all known like women who just, their obsessive lens is that like they just blame men for everything. Everything that's wrong with their life is because... Their husband sucks, or like their ex boyfriend who dumped them, or their husband who divorced her, or whatever it is. They just they see everything through that lens. Everything is the fault of like just like it's because men suck and just people with dicks and like oh man, if only like like everything sucks because 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 Bill left me, you know. And Gosh,
0: Bill is and, awful. Bill I've heard such terrible awful. things about him on this podcast and called You Can't Have a Both Ways.
1: <laughs> and meanwhile, every meanwhile every every man is walking around at the same time doing the same thing. Talking about like if they're married, they're talking about the old ball and chain and then fucking nagging bitch and all this stuff where they're talking about you know, about their 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 slut girlfriend who fucked their best friend or whatever. You know, people are awful. But the point is the point is like it's just the filter, if you want, you just everybody gets tired of that eventually. And as you grow up though, those kind of people start to be more and more annoying and other people start to see that person as somebody who hasn't grown up and you go like oh yeah oh, well well you know Jill's coming over oh great good maybe we'll get to listen to her like she's this fucking bitter woman just talking about you know um, about how about all the fucking men who have screwed her over or something it just gets old and the thing is what this is is not anything new or sophisticated it's just the same thing with different language. You know, it's just now it's all just couched in the language of psychotherapy and victimhood. So what it is now is everybody just has some very sophisticated sounding words that you can throw out there and they have a lot of power because they're the words that everybody used now. So you can suddenly just start throwing out words.
0: So like my trauma from yeah, my, trauma, my ex, of course, I was abused. I was manipulated. At any
1: rate, though, that's just such a joke, the idea that that like a woman a woman saying, look out, ladies, men will try to turn you into who they want you to be because they're colonializing you. Oh,
0: God, don't even freaking start talking about colonialism after my class yesterday. Oh, my God. I will go off. i oh, tell you about that.
1: I was I just going to say, I can't. we don't have time. Every man alive is saying, like, are you fucking kidding me at that? quote, That's all women do. They pick the wrong man and then just spend the rest of their lives fucking training him and changing him into a different person is this sexism for me to say this or is it true oh i'm sorry it's sexist when i say it and in both instances it's 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 because those
0: people who are doing that don't know the first thing about themselves right so there's they feel like they're they're aware that deep down that something is missing within their own personalities but um oh fuck i was gonna say something it was really smart (laughs) and now it's gone totally so gone I saw this tweet and I I meant to text it to you, but then I just like, I don't know. I like, I thought I screenshotted it, but I was trying to find like to get my notes together for this episode and I couldn't. But it was this tweet by this guy, this like this middle-aged man who had this like list of things. And he was like, these are the things that every father should tell his daughter. And I really wish that I had screenshotted it. But like the first one, the bullet point and the tweet was like, the first bullet point was like, If you are in the presence of a male, he will immediately lead you. And you have to recognize that you are being led by him. As long as there's a male in the room, you'll be led. You will not be in charge of yourself. And then everybody was, like, responding, because I think I'm on the side of Twitter that's not, you know, super woke lefters so like some people were saying like can you like elaborate on point number three like can you like talk more about that like why you would say that and then he like reiterated and revised the list of things and he was like i asked my daughter what she would add to this list and then like what she would add was like the most woke thing like you know um you have to be able to stand your ground when you're around a man or something like that it was just like what the hell like you can be an individual and not every single man. I can't say I can't say any of the the male identifying people in any of my classes would feel like I, I would not feel like I was being led by them. If anything, I would feel like I was leading them, the whether funny, it's intellectually yeah. or just conversationally. I don't right. feel like I've encountered any man around my age in the past couple of years who's trying to lead me.
1: <sighs> it's that here, here's the here's the problem with that. That whole world is that, you know, I can definitely think of strong women that I have known who actually are strong women. I don't I'm not just saying strong because they I mean, our definition of strong woman is like, you know, I have sex with lots of people. You know, I don't I don't have I refuse to have committed monogamous relationships. I do whatever the fuck I want. But the stupid That's ridiculous, double thing is. is
0: that that those women are not going to ever experience the things that truly would make you strong. I mean, every single woman in my family has lost the f- her, your firstborn child. That's what would make you strong going through a loss like that. I mean, oh, my God, my 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 Tinder boyfriend broke up with me. That doesn't make you strong. At all. (laughs) That's fucking ridiculous.
1: I I think that's a really good way to put it. You don't open
0: yourself up to the opportunities where you actually could advance yourself as a human being and a person. Well,
1: somebody like really determined to play devil's advocate here would go like, well, those are just different kinds of trauma. But the question is, you know, sorry to break it to you um, assholes out there, but there are different levels of trauma By which I mean a lot of what you call trauma isn't trauma. I just want to lay down a little A-Talmage rule for you right here. Just because, you know, first of all, we totally overstate harm constantly. Like, everybody isn't getting traumatized all the fucking time. Just because they were out of the bagel you wanted doesn't mean you were traumatized, okay? But (laughs) beyond that, like... Life is hard and bad shit happens. Like relationships are traumatic. Being dumped is traumatic. Being cheated on is traumatic. Even having like a wonderful relationship that just doesn't work out because your lives move in different directions is traumatic. But you don't have to get on social media and talk about how abused you were, because believe me, he feels abused too, and possibly was. But just to get to my rule of thumb here, you know, even if you want to use the trauma, Thing and just constantly let's let's make ourselves traumatized and just we all have PTSD now. Okay, so okay, you are traumatized, fine. But also, there's this. Just because you were traumatized does not mean that you were victimized. Okay, you know, that's the thing. we have this instant knee jerk thing? I feel hurt. That means somebody has done this to me. That more properly would be called a mental illness. Not being able to distinguish between like what you feel and what is actually going on externally in reality, that's a problem. Like if we're sitting here hanging out and suddenly I feel attacked, that doesn't mean I'm being attacked. Just because I feel criticized doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. If we're having a difficult conversation, that is by definition going to, require you to be telling me things that are hard to hear
0: are we dipping into a valentine's day bpd lecture
1: (laughs) (laughs) right you know what i'm saying though like everybody has had hard relationship conversations and the definition of a, a like one of the things that makes a good partner is the ability the ability and the willingness it takes both to like be willing and able to listen to difficult things, to hear your partner tell you things that are hard to hear. Because if you really want your partner to feel like trusted and to feel like they can trust you, they have to be willing to say, look, I'm going to say this thing that's hard for me to say because I need to say it because it's causing me pain. I need to get it out there and they have to trust you. I'm going to make myself vulnerable and I need to trust you to not emotionally punch me in the face for it as soon as you get upset but if if you feel if you say if you think you're being attacked every time you feel attacked every time you're feeling pain then you're fucked you're just a narcissistic asshole and every time somebody hurts your feelings by being honest you're gonna say you were attacked and traumatized and victimized you know i don't need anybody i'm not gonna commit to anything i just want to do what i want to do i'm not a chump and nobody's gonna ever tell me what to do and nobody's ever gonna step on me. Like, like real love means just letting people do whatever the fuck they want and never asking for anything. I believe That's not you what say
0: love, is. Um, love means you never having to say sorry.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. Love That's from means... one of the
0: best movies ever, Love Story, though.
1: Right, that line, love means never having to say you're sorry. Okay, what does that mean to you?
0: Okay, well, spoilers. For, for in my experience of that quote I think it's romantic because literally spoilers but the girl is dying from cancer she has a matter of like days weeks Mm. and he is so dedicated to her that like I mean she doesn't do yeah she'd probably have to say sorry if he's like at her bedside in the hospital and she's like oh yeah I just slept with my nurse you know probably have to say sorry bare minimum you'd have to say sorry but for that couple it sort of makes sense that you'd have to say like look you're probably gonna die in like a week or so so you don't have to say you're sorry because i'm in love with you like you have to go like your life is basically ending
1: first of all as a hypochondriac but
0: (laughs) it doesn't apply that it's the stupidest line and it's not i mean the, the i'm such a diehard romantic but that's sort of a stupid line (laughs) You do have to say you're sorry.
1: That movie, as a hypochondriac, that movie um, is triggering for me, and I think it should be canceled. I think, like, if anybody mentions anything about that film or the actress who were in it or the executive producer who was involved or the person who wrote the soundtrack, it's going to remind me of that film, which is going to remind me of cancer, which as a hypochondriac is scary. So I think there need to be trigger warnings before anybody mentions any of those things. But don't you love Or the word love or the word story.
0: Don't you love her outfits in that movie?
1: Um don't you have trigger seen in a while, warning? But it's love classic sixties, right? It's classic sixties oh fashion mod thing.
0: She wears this camel coat with a tie on it, and oh my god, it's amazing. And she wears a red turtleneck. She wears this little dress, just oh chef's kiss.
1: Love means never having to say you're sorry. I had to say, That's that works great for a movie line, but um, if you really if that's really your mo, then I don't, I certainly don't want to be in a relationship with you, you know, like, like, no, unless,
0: unless, like, if you're if, if for some reason, God forbid, something were to happen to you, you were you would be allowed to say
1: that to me. I think, no, I actually, no,
0: wait, hold on, I would be allowed to say that to (laughs) you.
1: Yeah, I think you have to apologize,
0: but I don't because I'm going to keep living.
1: one (laughs) One of the things in relationships is. When you, if you know, if you can see that you have hurt your partner, the person that you love, then you should want and need to make that better. And if you don't, like we all know how that feels, right? If you, If you're like, you know, I'm hurting and the person is just unable or unwilling to attend to that because their ego is so fucking thin, or maybe they just don't care about me, but either way, you know, fuck this. I get the principle, though. Like, the idea is, like, I shouldn't have to say I'm sorry because you're going to forgive me because we really love each other. But come on. I had sex with your sister, and I don't have to apologize because I love you. Come on, baby. You know I love you. No, yeah. that's not going to work.
0: See, the thing, this the, bringing this back to Valentine's Day, what if we really briefly played the newlywed game?
1: Okay, that sounds fine. Let's so do
0: we'll take turn, turns asking each other questions.
1: Okay, brief round.
0: Question number one. Who said I love you first?
1: You did outside of a sports (laughs) clips.
0: And what did I say exactly?
1: You said, um, I have to tell you something. I think that I'm seriously falling in love with you. Mm
0: -hmm. I did say that. Just like that. And it was a full moon at the sport clips because we had walked down to the um, the, uh, movie theater and we were looking at the moon and I was going to say it when we were standing outside looking at the moon and we were like, you had your arm around me and I was going to say thin, but then I chickened out. So then I said it later when we were in front of the sport clips.
1: However, there is an important caveat (laughs) to this story. And that's my question to you. What's the caveat to this story of who said it first?
0: Well, okay. You were going to say it. Like, it was like the third time we'd ever seen each other because we were doing long distance for a little bit. And I had come to see you and I was getting in the car and you were going to say it. But I was all worried, like... What if like I, I, I didn't I wasn't sure when we were going to see each other next. I wasn't sure when I was going to be able to get off work and I didn't want it to be this thing where we just started like because I knew like if you said it, I would just start saying it all the time. I would like text you in the middle of the day and be like, I love you. I love you. I love you, I love you so much. And like so I didn't want I wanted it to be like, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but maybe some ladies out there listening will get this. But I didn't want it to be like, I don't know. I want it to be more like a like a perfect like drawn out thing. I've so, never
1: completely understood what it was. You were about to leave to go it's back a to Chicago girl brain thing. Maybe so. You were you were on your way back to Chicago.
0: We were already in love by then.
1: But you were most yeah. definitely. And I was I was like literally saying it and you about to say it and you stopped me. You knew I was going to say it and you literally stopped me. And I thought it was because you were just about to get in the car and do like a 12-hour drive back to Chicago from Virginia. I think um, if you
0: had said it, then I probably would have crashed my car on the way back I because thought, I would have th- like pulled out my phone and I would have been like, I just have to text you and like call you and say it again and again and again. So it's just probably not safe you for me. You would have been
1: crying the whole way back. Uh, yeah, then... I think
0: I cried every single time I drove back. I can't remember a time that I didn't cry. I cried from like Virginia to to Illinois, basically, or at least Indiana.
1: Sorry, guys. I got the last I got the last romantic girl on the planet. So, in a way...
0: You said it first. A correct
1: answer was that I said it first. Yeah. However, both of us get...
0: I had the romantic moment in the sports clips. So,
1: both of us get ding-ding correct yeah. answers. Mm-hmm. The judge says uh, both answers are correct. Okay.
0: Question number two. Where was your first date?
1: Where was our first date? Yeah. Uh, well, that would be the this is the, the first time that we actually saw each other...
0: It was at Starbucks. ...in
1: public. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously. I know that. Like, with Starbucks. And yeah. uh you and got we there first. We met at a Starbucks because you were you had drove in mm-hmm. from Asheville. Yeah. And we decided to meet at the Starbucks that was near my house. And I pulled up and you were sitting in the chair. And I already and had got my up, little app. And Americana. essentially Yep. And you got up and essentially ran across the parking lot to give me a giant hug. And you sort of came into the hug like a like Flash Gordon when in that <laughs> football scene when he <laughs> He gets the the, the weird little green balls and he he starts realizing he played like football with it. and He starts throwing it and and he starts like like crashing into everybody, like head down, charging into the people (laughs) like that. So you like head down, like 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 (laughs) linebacker into my chest.
0: It was the best hug of my entire life. Yeah. Well, you're really tall and I was standing on the curb. So I sort of like catapulted myself into this hug. And I was like, hi. And then we just like literally just hugged and that was, that was it. Was
1: that the, that was that near that same spot where you later like fell down that hill. Was that, that, that yeah, was a different was. time though, wasn't yeah. it?
0: No, I fell down a hill. That was was very, that that same night
1: or was that a different, I think that was a different night. I think it was time. a different night. Yeah. yeah. But, but I was still you were wearing slippery mortified. Mary Janes and yeah. you slipped.
0: They were actually um, patent alligator Oxfords.
1: Ah, uh, off. Oh, close though.
0: Yeah, I know. Okay. What was the first meal that I cooked for you?
1: It was a uh, veggie burgers. And with uh rice and uh brown
0: rice or white rice?
1: Brown rice yep. <laughs> and green beans and probably and uh an avocado. Yep. <laughs> the reason I can remember this insane detail, anybody listening, like, how could you possibly remember that is because I'm as I may have mentioned here or there, um truly a true, true O C D Kind of person, not like these people who are like, I like to keep my pencils in a straight line. So anyway, I like eat the same thing all the time. Is all I do, and which and is easy when for first me. first moved in with I've me. Master
0: the meal. That's
1: true. Every time you moved, every time you came to visit me, and then after you moved in with me for a while, I I did like all. I made all the meals, but yeah, there because I wasn't
0: allowed. I was not allowed to go into the kitchen because you thought that the floor was coming up
1: and it was moldy. Was coming up. That so weird. The first gross apartment. apartment that we
0: lived in, I
1: it was all like the only time i ever went into the the
0: apartment was when we moved out we'd already moved everything out and i had to like clean up the stove and that was the only time i ever went into the kitchen and i was like whoa there's a whole nother room you
1: only lived there for like a month with me though but that yeah the kitchen like it has some like it's like the it was like the sink was like like draining leaking under the floorboards and bringing ups and i was just like always convinced it was like this like biohazard
0: so know? now bonus question if your husband was a cartoon character which one would he be
1: let me rephrase the question to you okay so that this will be a, because t- the cartoon character is too broad that could be anything yeah you know? like and it's too like if i was an animated character from a movie an animated movie who would i be take a moment and i'll give you a hint
0: okay well let me just ask first is this something that we've seen together because I have a giant lapse in my history of movies that I've seen and I haven't seen.
1: No. That's oh, a pretty good hint.
0: Crap. Okay.
1: But it's something, it's amazing that we haven't watched it together. Because it's it's important. And it's one we've talked about. I'll give you a hint.
0: Hmm. There's so many things. We're You're always right. like, oh, we want to watch this, we want to watch that.
1: Okay, here's a hint. This this will give it to you. This is another kind of question, because like, I've told you this story, so this is a test of whether you remember things. <laughs> <laughs> She never listens to me.
0: No, he never listens to me. <laughs>
1: okay. When I was five, I saw this movie for the first time when I was like five or six or something. I think I was like five. And I watched this movie. And after I watched it, I watched it with my mom. And after I watched it, I told my mom that like, I really identified. I probably didn't use the word identified. Oh, but I said essentially I something like, I said basically, that's me. And now when I tell when I tell you who it is, you'll understand what a fucked up kid I was (laughs) to say this.
0: Oh my god, honey! Okay, I'll tell you. You'll be
1: you'll be ashamed.
0: (laughs) I know, I will be. I already am. Just so you you know.
1: (laughs) Okay, so when I was five years old, I watched um, Watership Down.
0: Oh my (laughs) god! With
1: my mom and okay and 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 you know who it is now.
0: Yeah, it's the mean little bun.
1: Which they're all buns. They're all rabbits. The
0: one that's all nervous and he's scared of all those different things.
1: Right. Well his name is Fiver. Yeah. Fiver is the rabbit who um he's like the Cassandra character. He he he's like he's doomed to like be able to see to see the truth and to tell the truth but to never be believed. So all these rabbits are hanging out, everything's great and everything's happy and everything's cool and he has this horrible vision. He goes into like starts having shakes and he starts having these visions of like blood covering the fields and rabbits are dead mm-hmm. everywhere. And he's like, and he's like, you know, I see blood, there's blood covering yeah. the fields, death, death is coming to us. And he tells everybody nobody believes him. And he's like, we have to get out. We have to get out. We have to run. We have to run. That's the rabbits. Like the first, the first, you know, instinct, the rabbit is to like freeze. And then that doesn't work. They go tharn. That's what it's called. And that doesn't work. And then they run and they hide. And that's what rabbits do. You know, and it's a great line. It's like, it's like, you know, all the world will be your enemy. And when they catch you, they will kill you. But they will have to catch you first. Yep. That's why the (laughs) rabbit was made the fastest. By the way, for those of you who don't actually know out there, I'm going to go ahead and let you know, I am actually trans myself. (laughs) Uh, I really do. And this is not a joke. Ge- like, I have always really identified as a rabbit. I really am. This is my spirit animal. I know. Animal. So have I. Spirit animal, born in the year of the rabbit. Every year of the rabbit since has been extremely, like, troubling, problematic years, traumatic, you know. And there's so many things about me that are rabbit-like. And everybody that knows me really knows this about me. I even have, like, this this facial tick that is like a rabbit twitch thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that I can't get rid of. But anyway, but so, but Fiverr, so he has these visions and, you know, he's always like going into fits and nobody believes, but he's the guy, he's just fucking like totally mentally ill rabbit in the middle of all of this stuff. And then I got done with the movie and I told my mom, like, what I said to her is, I wanna change my name to Fiverr. <laughs> and she said, why? And I said, that rabbit, like, that's me. Then I said, I wanna change my name to Fiverr. And my mom, instead of going like, this is disturbing that that's the rabbit you identify with. She says, you think people make fun of you now? Imagine if you change your name to Fiverr. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because, of course, people made fun of me because I was actually an Amazing. interesting person. And kids do everything they Wonderful. can to shut, to like stomp out difference and creativity and uniqueness. yeah. And then they grow up and they just the fucking keep doing it, and they just they just become tribalists when they grow up because we always were to begin with.
0: But they're the ones that believe that they're most unique,
1: right? Collective individuality.
0: Right, right, right. So my mom read Watership Down to me when I was little. We watched the movie and everything, but I hadn't read it since since then. And so when um when we first met each other, I went out to the used bookstore. And I bought this like super battered copy that had belonged probably like five different people. And I bought it and I started reading it in all these little coffee shops all over Chicago. And it just made me feel so sweet and close to you, even though we were so far I know, away. I so
1: sweet. And because I, I talked to you about Watership Down immediately, so you had yeah. to read this book. It's, like my favorite book. And I remember
0: I immediately, I immediately texted my mom and I was like, because I knew I was going to be going to see her. And I was like, oh, do you have like the copy of Watership Down that you read to me? And she was like, I don't know, I'll try to find it. And then of course, like, Never heard back about that. So I was like, I'm taking matters into my own hands. I'm going to go buy my own copy. But
1: coming back to our sweet Valentine's Day theme of of how I knew I had found the one is that like, so, so you, yeah, like you had like, you came home from the hospital with when you were born with, um, with Petey, a little Peter rabbit stuffed rabbit. The rabbit was always like your animal too Mm -hmm. growing up.
0: Oh, so always. I sides. mean, when one I talk about... We you, we love to joke about my separated plates. Those mm-hmm. are Peter Rabbit plates. Peter Rabbit plates. And Keeping I had food Peter food Rabbit separate. spoons, Peter Rabbit forks. I had all the... I mean, my mom has all of the original Beatrix Potter books. So and,
1: and you yeah. had those plates that, that keep all the food separated. Yeah, because that's you, how you're supposed and to eat you, them. you developed a lifelong need <laughs> to keep your food separated. And that's the other way that I found you and knew it was you because I thought there's that part of me, even though I didn't know how yet, I just, some part of me went, this bitch crazy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You could spot the OCD people. You could, you can, you can spot them, you know. And, and then eventually, and then later you're like, well, of course, because that's why I would be attracted to her, you know, because there's this thing you recognize in each other a little bit there.
0: So um, speaking of that, who's the crazy bitch, this one might get heated. <laughs> Who is the safer driver?
1: I know the answer. You know the answer. I know the answer. Let's just move on. (laughs) All
0: right, all right, all right. Question number seven. No, it's me.
1: (laughs) Next question.
0: (laughs) What was the last thing your husband lost? You lose stuff all the time. You'll be like, where is is Where's my phone? (laughs) Your phone will be right next to you.
1: What's the last (laughs) thing your husband lost? The will to live.
0: Anyway, okay, that's a stupid question. um, would you say that I wear too much makeup Or not enough
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not answering that fucking question
0: <laughs> Well I, I wear Like I never wear too much makeup no, you The most I wear is wear like mascara makeup. And a lipstick
1: You definitely don't wear too much makeup Let me put it that way mm, Okay, ladies. That doesn't mean you need to wear more makeup You wear the perfect amount of makeup
0: Which would your husband say He does the most like a girl Run, walk, laugh or throw <laughs> well i've only rarely seen you throw I do so something. many things like a girl <laughs> i would say you run maybe is like a girl <laughs> but that's because i haven't really seen you run except for when we're like joking running. i don't think i've
1: ever run around you I? I never run anymore
0: what best flower describes your wife when she wakes up in the morning a sunflower a bird of paradise or a snapdragon
1: fuck i don't even know what any of those look like um bird of paradise because you're like being with you every day is like paradise Oh
0: my god. <laughs> Who's better at cleaning the house? <laughs> mm, well, that's a me. tricky
1: question because we haven't really tested me out on that
0: Right, <laughs> right now we only have one person. I might be basic. awesome at
1: it, but if I am, I'm not giving I'm not playing that card.
0: Okay. How long does it take for your husband to get ready to go out? Oh my god. Um longer than any girl. Longer than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> Um, where would your spouse want to retire? I would say you wanted to retire like somewhere in the south of France, like a Jean-Luc Picard type thing, like on a winery where you can just read books and play music and take walks through the grapevines and stuff. I think that I can see you doing there. Somewhere near the,
1: near the, somewhere near the sea. And me the same thing. I've been away from the sea for far too long. I think there's something about it. I need to get back there and soon.
0: What was your spouse's first job? Was that the job? Well, your first job was the paper route, right? Where you did paper. But then you also had a job where you um, cleaned chicken guts, right? <laughs> For like a dollar an hour or something back in the. the, the
1: very d- close. Um, actually, <laughs> you got the, the very first job, though, you're right, was a paper route. I would have actually gotten it wrong, my own question here, because uh, I was going to say. Um, um, but you're right, actually, when I was much younger than that, I had a paper route. Um, and I remember, all I remember about that job, a fucking ridiculous job. I mean, it was insane. It was like, I was like, dude, so I did this paper route on my bike. And <laughs> it would be like raining and snowing and it didn't matter. Like, was my nobody was ever home. Like, my mom was always gone and whatever. So, like, I would, like, um, be doing this paper route, like, in the rain and whatever. And it was like, right, my first paycheck It took me forever and, and my paycheck was $40. And you got what?
0: You got a Walkman?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I bought a Walkman. It was my first Extra paycheck points ever. Extra for me. It was a Walkman, like a cassette Walkman with like these little headphones with a little phone. your So you could listen to your, your Bon ears. Jovi. <laughs> Probably. I remember buying a, a, like a tape of like a Led Zeppelin 4 because my friend was like, dude, you haven't listened to Led Zeppelin. Check this out. Changed my life. Then I wanted to be Jimmy Page for like years. That was like my that total imprint <laughs> on my guitar playing. Um But the other thing I remember about that job, which is a funny, like an indication of the kind of person I was definitely like that I always was, was that I, again, I knew bullshit when I, when I saw it and I would stand up for it, even if I didn't, I hadn't yet learned any degree of like perspective or humility so, like, the deal was when I got home from school, the papers were supposed to be there when I got there. They would drop them off at the house, this huge stack of papers, and you'd take them and roll them up. You'd have to roll each. It was like a stack of papers, like, bound up, and you'd have to take them out, roll them up, put them into, like, plastic, go out on your bike, throw them all the, you know. All the house it would take forever, and if you did all that, if the house if the like if the papers were there when you got home from school at like three o'clock, and you immediately went out, you'd be lucky if you would get home like by dark. And they just started showing up late and later and later and later, and I would call and be like, like you know, w- like you guys need to get these papers here on time. And I saw so I mean like this twelve year old kid <laughs> calling the paper and being like, and they just kept getting there later, and they would show up at like six o'clock. It was like fucking dark and they would show up and I'm supposed to go deliver the papers and I'm like 12 years old or whatever. So I called them one time after like this kept happening. I called them and I said, look, if these papers are late one more time, I'm not delivering them. That's it. <laughs> they showed up late again and I was like, I told them. <laughs> okay. Last question. Okay. Last question.
0: Who is more romantic?
1: Who's more romantic? Uh, I think dead even, Ty
0: absolutely Ty. because we're the romance of the century folks that's right it's pretty crazy so there's it but i just wanted to say as we close up our, our first ever um valentine's day episode of the daily huzzah that valentine's day is fun
1: like, it's become a thing where, like, it's not cool to be in the Valentine's Day anymore, right? I mean, how, how well, are women about that now? That's
0: sort of changed. I mean, just that's from what, I what I've interpreted. I remember this is why you, you originally said, like, oh, I want to do an episode about Valentine's Day. And I was like, I don't know. That, I mean, like, to me, being young and sort of more in tune with, you know, the, the temperature of people my age, it seems like more and more Valentine's Day has become less about the people that you're... I mean, you could argue it's become more narcissistic, as we've said many times in this episode. It's become less about sharing the day with somebody special and more just about having a day for yourself. Like I have seen so many posts over and over again on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook about how like, oh, for Valentine's Day, I'm going to treat myself and I'm going to like go do this and go do that, which is great. You know, like make sure you're happy alone, you know? Make sure you can do things by yourself that bring you joy and make you feel like you're fulfilled. But at the same time, it's definitely, I don't get at all that it's like, oh, I hate Valentine's Day because it's a corporate holiday. It, more and more, it just seems like I like the aesthetic of it. So I'm just going to apply that to myself and make the day about me.
1: Yeah. It's a very, it's a, it's a good example of that sort of, it's a very gendered holiday. And it's like, very, traditionally, it's a holiday where a man is supposed to do all these really sweet, thoughtful, romantic things or a woman, right? And so, it makes sense that all of a sudden, you know, all the women are like, "Well, you know, if you're really like a strong woman and you're a feminist and whatever, that it's not cool to be into Valentine's Day." And I think but, that's I how think, it was for a while. But, but you're saying it's now changed you can
0: be now. into Valentine's, but Day. but just for yourself. But you can, yeah, which might be a good thing. So as long that came as out not, of the, oh, Valentine's Day shouldn't be about the man, blah blah blah. Like that seems kind of cool, you know. So now buy yourself like, a nice little coffee and wear a fancy outfit just for yourself.
1: So now you it's know? a chance to like take a day. It's like a self pampering day. Now you feel like.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's more of an aesthetic thing than like, you know, I think with I mean, I don't know the world we're living in now. It seems like all holidays are more leaning towards aesthetics in terms of like, you know, instead of what they're what actually what they actually represent. But Valentine's Day definitely seems more of like a, you know, I'm going to do things in a certain way because they feel Valentine's E, but I don't necessarily have to have a man, you know, but for me, like I, I have always loved Valentine's day. I haven't done something big, you know, and romantic for Valentine's day, but for me, Valentine's day growing up was always like, like every single year, my grandmother would give me, um, a Victorian Valentine's that she, she kept from her, her mother and her mother's mother. And she would give me that. And it was just like a little love note, you know, and that was what Valentine's day was. She would give that to me and like a little piece of candy and it would just say something really sweet. And that was what Valentine's Day was. And I was like, this is awesome. I love this. You know, I can make a little card for her and say, like, Happy Valentine's Day. And you can go to school and you can pass out all your Valentines to everybody else. And it wasn't some, like, you didn't expect anything out of anybody else. It was just a day to show, you know, people that that you're thinking about them and that you care about them.
1: That's really sweet. And so, like, for you, Valentine's Day started off as a day... That's just about love. And it's a day of showing people who you love,
0: which is what it's supposed to be showing your love. To, yeah,
1: right. But it's become it, you know, it's become, about, of course, as a marketed sort of, you know, corporate holiday of like, just convincing, like convincing women to convince men to go buy them shit. You know that's kind of that's that's the thing, right? So you can see it as that that makes sense. Is that like if Valentine's Day is like men traditionally are like oh fucking Valentine's Day because because the women have been indoctrinated to like to like uh, you better you better not fuck up Valentine's Day like this is a day it's February fourteenth whatever that means like he, like if you talk to any of these women you're like where does this holiday come from what is this holiday is about nobody would know it's just a day it's all it is is a day when like my man better not fuck it up and he better like he better do something cool. Remember that, Remember when you played golf with my, on Valentine's Day six years ago, asshole? I just feel like you know. it should
0: be the natural human <laughs> urge to just do something nice for the people that you care about. And all the Valentine's Days that we have spent together, I've always, like, if anything, I've, like, done, just, like, gone way, you know, too far in t- trying to, like, make it a special day. And it is just another day. That's I the mean, thing
1: is that it puts, pre- like, a day like Valentine's Day is one of those days where it's just all built up.
0: But I think maybe I just put that on myself. I don't know if I don't think it's built up for everybody. I think half the population probably couldn't care less about Valentine's Day. The other half is probably doing something for themselves. I mean, I just I I think from what I experienced growing up, I just want it to be a special day for you. That's why, like every year I've made you like a handmade little card and gotten you like a little gift or something Or made you breakfast, like I last year. I made you those heart shaped waffles, and I don't expect anything back. I'm not like you know. I just think it's nice to do something for somebody else other than yourself.
1: And we don't need to like go you know go into the things that I've done for you for Valentine's Day. Suffice it to say, (laughs) they were awesome. I've always been.
0: You got me my earrings. Totally on point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this Valentine's Day because we're well our Valentine's Day will probably be on the 16th instead of the 14th
1: because we both slacked and and bought and ordered stuff too late well no
0: I didn't (laughs) slack I have been looking I literally have been looking for like a month for the perfect Valentine's Day gift for you and then tonight out of the blue when you're watching the Beatles documentary and I'm trying to like occupy myself I found the absolute hands down best most romantic Valentine's Day gift of all time and I ordered it and I got it like like customized and engraved and everything. And it's not going to be here till the 16th. So
1: happy Valentine's to everybody out there. Hope you're having a wonderful, romantic, lovely day, either alone, celebrating your own inner light or with the person or people who you most love all at the same time or individually. I hope for you poly people out there, you have figured out your scheduling on this one. Make it easier on yourself. Just get one box of chocolate for everybody. And by the time you get around to like your seventh person on the list, you would be like, sorry, there's only coconut left. And they're like, you know what? I'm done with this poly shit. I want one person to actually love me. And give me and all only the me And give me all the chocolate. <laughs>